0: Are you ready for the end of the world? Well, that already happened on Monday. <laughs> yeah, the end there, of the sun. Day. The end of the sun. So we survived the solar apocalypse. Yeah, the eclipse ellipse. eclipse ellipse. Mm-hmm. Um, I am trying to collect some T-shirts now that I don't e- actually have a solar eclipse T-shirt at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's start over. Are you ready for the end of the world? You are listening to your community spirit the show about caring sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it let's bring back the circle again the circle of friends the circle of family the circle of being wake up and be healthy well i I need to wake up better than that right all right that was kind of lackadaisical
1: wake up there we go
0: and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit with Ord Energy Mon, And
1: this is Tree Song, and that little voice you heard earlier was Bedelia.
0: It's <laughs> just <She's> like...
1: <laughs> yeah, she, she pointed to herself when I said that. She knows her name now. Uh, so this first story is Triple Dog Dare. Researchers took on Exxon's dare to prove it misled the public about climate change.
0: They actually dared people? Yeah, they actually... Why, why would you, like, if you know you've done something bad, Yeah. why would you, like, I dare you to prove it?
1: Yeah. I don't think they used the word dare <laughs> specifically, but they basically said, all right, you know, we, we think you've cherry-picked our statements, and you have to prove otherwise. And so, believe it or not, scientists, researchers, actually felt like proving something.
0: Now, this story was originally published uh, by Mother Jones, and... Reproduced part of the Climate Desk collaboration. Two years ago, Inside Climate News and the LA Times investigations found that while Exxon internally acknowledged that climate change is human-made and serious, it publicly manufactured doubt about the science. Exxon has been trying unsuccessfully to smother this slow-burning PR crisis ever since. Arguing the findings were, quote, deliberately cherry-picked statements, end quote. But the company's problems have grown to include probes of its business practices by the New York and Massachusetts Attorney Generals and the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, science historian Naomi Orsiks and Harvard researcher Jeffrey Spunrun have published the first peer-researched comprehensive analysis of Exxon's climate communications that ad- adds more heft to these charges. Exxon dared the public to, quote, read all the documents and make up your own mind, end quote, in a company blog post in 2015. Now, the new paper, called Assessing ExxonMobil's Climate Change Communications, in the journal Environmental Research pa- Letters, Takes up that very challenge. The science historian and Harvard researchers systematically analyzed nearly forty years. So when Exxon <laughs> took up the challenge, they're like, "We've got so, we've got so much stuff that there's no way anybody can anal- analyze it." But these two researchers sat down. And systematically analyzed nearly 40 years of Exxon scientific research, reports, internal documents, and advertisements, and found a deep disconnect between how the company directly communicated climate change and its internal memos and scientific studies. Quote, the issue of taking things out of context or cherry-picking data is an important one, and one all historians and journalists deal with. When Exxon Mobil accuses journalists of cherry picking, there is a way we can address that. There are analyzations we can do to avoid these issues. Well, if you think the cherry, the LA Times is cherry picking examples, we'll look at them. Nobody can say we are selecting things out of context, end quote. Now their content analysis examines how 178 company documents treated climate change from 1977 through 2014. Researchers found that the documents that addresses the causes of climate change, 83% of its (laughs) peer-reviewed scientific research, and 80% of its internal documents said it was real and human-made, while the opposite was true of its ads. The researchers analyzed ads published in the New York Times between 1989 and 2004. In those ads, 81% expressed doubt about the scientific consensus tending to emphasize the uncertainty and the knowledge gap, while just 12% affirmed the science. The same pattern holds for how Exxon has addressed the seriousness of the consequences of climate change. Downplaying the impacts is another tactic climate deniers tend to use to call for more delays in implementing policies that curb fossil fuel use. 60% of Exxon's peer reviewed papers and 53% of its internal documents acknowledge serious impacts. A 1982 internal document lists flooding and sea level rise, and a 2002 paper lists coral reef bleaching and this disintegration of the west arctic ice sheet among them but exxon's ads were more likely to claim hey the sky's not falling these researchers wrote that exxon contributed quietly to the science and loudly to raising doubts about it mm. yeah this th- distinction is important Exxon's responses to the allegations from journalists and investigations was kind of a gloss or straw man. They were contributing to climate science. The problem was the company still had a much louder doubt-promoting position in the public. This was a discrepancy that confused people.
1: Yeah, and the doubt promotion was the only thing the public actually received directly. Uh, So when they made this dare on their blog, they probably expected the public to be like, well, I kind of see they did some scientific research. I'll have to take their word for it. They, they probably didn't realize that researchers were going to come in and analyze their data methodically and prove that they <laughs> were deceiving people.
0: Well, I mean, it took them a while because, I mean, this dare was on a blog post in 2015. Yeah. It's like two years later. So, yeah. I mean, it took them at least a year and a half to actually, like, analyze and, well, probably get the documents first.
1: Yeah. Well, research takes time sometimes. And if it was peer-reviewed too, that takes time also. So now, it's, good, it's good that they did it though.
0: Now, when it, the interesting thing is if you would like to receive our newsletter, there's a direct link to the blog post that Exxon dared the public to, quote, read all of these documents and make up your own mind.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And what the what the information says is Eighty three percent Well, eighty percent of its internal documents said it was real and man made, and eighty three percent of its peer reviewed scientific literature said the same thing. Yeah. While their public was you know, eighty percent of the ads out there were saying, Oh no, none of this is so literally they were internally had the information and publicly, they were in the same percent, were publicly denying it.
1: Yeah. And it's a big company, too, so it's possible that they kept the two branches separate. And had the people doing the science... That's what they're going to claim. Yeah. Hey, wait a <laughs>
0: second. Quit giving them a legal uh, yeah. th- argument.
1: There's still somebody, though, some executive there who decided to to do all this, you know. And I'm sure it's in the documents.
0: It's <laughs> just so. like... Uh,
1: Exxon New. So hashtag Exxon New. <laughs> There's a lot of info more about that there. Okay, so another bit of news. How deeply will rising temperatures cut into crop yields?
0: A sweeping study examining decades of research says that yields of the globe's most important crops, providing two-thirds of the world's calories, will plummet as temperature rise. For every degree Celsius that the Earth warms, Corn yields will go down an average of 7.4%, according to the study, which focused on the efforts of rising temperatures and did not directly examine other influences related to climate change. Wheat yields similarly will drop by 6%, an average for every degree Celsius that temperatures rise, rice yields by 3.2%, and soybean yields by 3.1%, according to the study, To put that in perspective, governments worldwide have set a goal of reducing their greenhouse gas emissions enough to keep the global temperature rise to less than 2% Celsius in this century. 29 researchers from across the globe conducted the analysis of more than 70 studies covering various types of models, approaches, and locations around the world and found that Existing research all led consistently in one direction. Quote, What you're seeing here is many different lines of evidence pointing to the same conclusion, said Alexander Rowan, one of the study's co-authors and research scientist at the NASA Goddard Institute for Space Studies in New York. So we're looking at, If the temperature, if the governments do keep the 2%, you know, the global temperature to less than 2%, that means corn yields would go down about 15%. And everything, well, corn goes to everything. It goes to every meat and pretty much any prepared food has uh, corn syrup in it. So... solar-powered mobile clinic to be featured at an international expo on smart technology. Most of the participants at the Global City Teams Challenge in Washington, D.C. will present new smart technology concepts in binders or on digital displays, but a few will bring their concepts on four wheels. The Clemson University Sullivan Center Solar-Powered Mobile Health Clinic We'll roll into the event Monday to act as a centerpiece among other organizations exhibiting smart city projects and solutions from around the world. Sullivan City staff will share the mobile clinic's many features with companies, universities, government agencies concerned with advances in technology that benefit people and communities. The expo is organized around the work of project teams dubbed as superclusters that bring together organizations and innovators. Lee said the mobile clinic's solar capac- ca- capabilities alone were enough to warrant its inclusion in the supercluster. When parked, the clinic draws 100% of its power from the special solar battery system, which eliminates the noise and fumes from a traditional generator and decreases operation and maintenance costs. However, he said other clinic features, such as its incinerator toilet and the 300-gallon water tank, check even more boxes for inclusion in the supercluster. Lee said the supercluster encourages the cross-pollination of ideas between organizations and individual projects to discover best practices and lessons learned. Let's see, does it say anything more about the uh, there, Yeah, there's currently five superclusters and they're tr- basically trying to figure out how to make it so that cities can continue to do good things. The yeah. superclusters are utilities, public Wi Fi, transportation, city dashboard, and public safety. So
1: Yeah. And this little mobile uh mobile health clinic is really cool just because it's both because it's solar powered and because it's providing medical care to people in underserved communities. So it's sort of the intersection between this cool green technology and uh, keeping people healthy.
0: There you go. It's, it's self-contained. I was just actually talking to a guy this morning who has a business that he goes and he goes to your house or business and sharpens anything you need sharpened (laughs) knives, axes, lawnmower blades, and right now he does it with the generator. And he's like, it'd be really nice if I could pull up and not have the fumes and the noise of the generator. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, very similar, especially, I mean, if you're talking health, why would you want to have noise and fumes yeah. right there? It's like, <laughs> here, let's, let's, that, that's like um, walking into a clinic that has a lot of fluorescent lights and it gives you headaches. So yeah. <laughs> clinics are now starting to put in, you know, um, natural daylighting and um, more, I guess you could say, better technology.
1: Yeah. This is a good example of that. So let's get to one more story here. The world's largest floating solar farm is producing energy atop a former coal mine.
0: So wait a second. this isn't like a dream. it's like floating on someone's consciousness. This yeah. is actually floating. This is a reality. <laughs> so wait a second. It's floating on top of a coal mine.
1: yeah, how did it get to float on top of a coal mine it's It's in the story here it's a the headline you you just can't even believe it that it's true, but it's true. The Chinese city of Huan, uh Huinan is rich in coal, very rich by two thousand and eight estimate. It has nearly a fifth of all of China's coal reserves. Now the city has become home to the world's largest floating solar farm. Appropriately, it has been built atop a former coal mine, which had become a lake after being flooded with groundwater. So the groundwater came in and flooded it and it turned into a lake. And so there's probably not much else they can do with it. It's just a big bunch of water that used to be a mine.
0: Well, I mean, it's probably not even very clean. Yeah,
1: but they can do this floating uh, solar project. Yeah.
0: Can so, can you call it a lake if it's like, like dirty?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, does it? A, I wonder too if it, if they call it a man-made lake, even though it sounds like it was flooding that caused it, but the flooding was related to what man did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's there. And so the China Daily reports that the farm started generating electricity earlier this week. The forty megawatt power plant consists of one hundred twenty thousand solar panels. That's a lot of solar panels.
0: Well, it says here to convert it to American numbers, it's 160 football fields. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of football fields. American football. I like how they said American football fields.
1: Yeah. They don't want people thinking it's soccer
0: fields, you know. It's just like, if you want a link to a drone tour set to electronic music, (laughs) we've got a video. Yeah. But I can't show that on the radio, but I could email it to you. Info at yourcommunityspirit.org is our email.
1: Yeah. One of these days we'll find a way to beam videos into people's brains through the radio. Uh, Maybe that's not a good thing. You can do it (laughs)
0: through radio waves. I mean, I did that when I was a teenager with ham radio. You could send a radio. uh, We would do a TV signal from Tennessee down to Guatemala. Hmm. And there was about, I don't know, three and a half minute delay it seemed like. Yeah. And you could send video over radio waves. And then... but, you know, you need a camera and a TV on the other end. But it was radio waves. So, yeah. if you if you have one of those, we'll send you it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you just email it to you.
1: Email is a little simpler, yeah.
0: That's funny. The emails <laughs> probably go into like a satellite in outer space through a bunch of <laughs> nodes. And it's like simpler than me just beam it radio. directly with the radio. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, floating solar farms are not new. What? Really? Yeah. We've actually talked about a couple other ones before. But China is taking them to another level altogether. The previous record for the largest such farm was set in the UK by a farm that has the capacity to produce just 6.3 megawatts, and this one is 40 megawatts. Floating solar farm is more expensive to build than one on land because it must be designed to withstand salt and humidity from the water. But it has advantages. It can be built on otherwise unused surface. It works more efficiently because the presence of water cools the panels as they generate electricity it can mitigate evaporation of water keeping the lake full for longer the pleasing symbolism of the building of building the solar farm on a flooded coal mine as the world economic forum put it is also practical china the world's biggest investor in wind and solar energy looks committed to creating space for renewable energy products
0: can you say that again china
1: yeah in Chi- the
0: world they are the world's biggest investor in wind and solar energy yeah
1: they're ahead of us How'd that camp. happen?
0: Well, there's a lot of bigger countries with more money.
1: Yeah, well, they're a pretty big country, but there's a lot of countries with more money. They they just chose to do it. Huh? The the political will was there. Uh, they they are committed to creating space for renewable energy projects. In a recent visit to a newly built Chinese coal-fired power station, uh, the reporter for this story was greeted at the entrance. With a hillock covered in solar panels. So, even on the, the coal stations, they're starting to put in solar.
0: Well, they have extra space, too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just to utilize all and the space. And they
0: have um, access to the grid, too. I mean, <laughs> when you're doing the big solar fields, that's yeah. a big issue is direct access to the grid. Yeah. Because so if you're
1: producing, if you have that many solar panels, you need a really big connection to the grid. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, at a coal plant, you've already got that.
0: And they, I mean, they do have an issue in China with you know pollution because they have a lot of coal plants yeah you know and so they see the direct pollution here we've you know put in a lot of uh, pollution um i don't know scrubbers they call them on coal-fired plants to basically try to make it so the pollution doesn't go into the air or look like it's going into the air
1: yeah and here in the u.s we also hide them in neighborhoods that are not able to resist them being there you know (laughs) like neighborhoods that can't keep pollution out because they're not politically empowered So, whereas in in some of the major cities in China there's just so much coal being burned that the whole city gets swamped with smog and then you get millions of people who decide they want to switch to solar so China has announced closures of coal-fired power plants and suspension of plans to build new ones so they are switching tracks to renewables.
0: I'm it's very th- glad to hear cuz we've you know switched most of our manufacturing over to China and so they needed all the energy to you know keep up with it. So I'm yeah. um, and I mean part of it is it is cheaper to produce the energy with renewable energy than it is with coal. It has reached that point now. Yeah. And so um it's it's economics. It's so. Um, it's not. I, I would say the majority of people who are doing it aren't doing it for environmental reason. They're doing it for economic reasons. Yeah. Now, if they have you know s- smog filled skies, it might be both. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. We've got some holidays. Today is Kiss and Make Up Day.
1: Oh, and Saturday is National Dog Day. That's a good one to celebrate with.
0: But but it's also Women's Equality Day. That that's just I just want to punch someone in the face to have those two on the same day. Yeah,
1: hopefully that's that wasn't any sort of yeah.
0: I'm just like
1: uh, my my daughter really likes dogs though, playing with dogs, watching dogs. So maybe we can go to the dog park or something to celebrate National
0: Dog Day. And then Sunday is Global Forgiveness Day and Just Because Day.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I remember this one. This is an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, uh, race your mouse day. This is when you race your mouse uh, across the icons on your desktop, on oh, your computer. Oh,
0: a computer mouse. Yeah. Huh.
1: <laughs> At least back in the day, that's, you know, the race mouse What do you mean back day. in
0: the day? Back in the day, they used real mice. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, before they invented desktop computers.
0: <laughs> so, um, coming up is more herbs, less salt day, and toasted marshmallow day. <laughs> it's like... It's like let's be healthy and then let's eat some marshmallows.
1: (laughs) So also coming up is National Eat Outside Day. Now I haven't looked at the week forecast, so hopefully it'll be good weather for National Eat Outside
0: Day. That's also National Trail Mix Day, so that kind of works together. So yeah, I mean if it's raining, you could still hike. Yeah, I mean people,
1: you could hike. You could bring an umbrella. (laughs) It's like August is about to end, isn't that strange? August is admit your happy month. It's also a family fun month.
0: And let's see. You better admit you're happy before the month's over. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) got
1: to admit it soon. Oh, Peach Month. You know, Southern (laughs) Illinois has great peaches. So uh, be sure to get the local peaches. They're just delicious.
0: I want to go over to Flams and get one of their Peach Eclipse shirts. It's like, I forget exactly, but it says, (laughs) you know, this is really peachy eclipse town or something like that i'm
1: hoping this might not be true i'm hoping they've got one where the peach is eclipsing the sun (laughs) that's what i would have
0: (laughs) done i've 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 seen the picture of it but i can't remember exactly what it says so yeah i'm i'm collecting eclipse shirts because i would like to uh put together uh a charity fundraiser with them so
1: oh there you Um, go
0: if someone has some extra ones let me know
1: oh have you found the one yet i saw one that was misspelled it was it was Carbonville instead of Carbondale. Oh, really? Yeah,
0: I I don't know who was selling it, but you can ask around. I wonder if it, there's a Solardale one out there. There should have been. <laughs> yeah, man. Now that I think of all these ideas, like I was trying to think of yeah. things to do. Well, I in mean, a few
1: years, what is it? Seven years? Yeah. So I could
0: month? do a a, a Dale shirt for my company. Yeah, it's like yeah. Welcome to Solardale, the capital of the universe. <laughs> I like the crossroads of the universe, they said, because, you know, yeah. the cross is right here. So much better than the black hole of the universe. Than some people <laughs> say Carbondale is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Eclipse has a much better reputation. <laughs> so Fourth Friday Fair is coming up. It's the back to school fair.
0: I mean, coming up today. Yeah,
1: it's coming up today. Huh. Don't have so to wait very long.
0: Back so to school already?
1: Yeah. Celebrate the oncoming school year with this month's Fourth Friday Fair. This month, we'll have performances from local band K Futures and Honey and Tar. Uh, They're also excited for uh, award-winning Carbondale native Terry Richardson, Master Magician, who will be performing.
0: Now, the amazing thing about this is this is the organization, Carbondale Main Street, that organized all that stuff downtown last weekend, and now they're doing this this weekend and I hope they took a couple of days off in between.
1: Yeah. No one would blame but. them for taking a week <laughs> nap, but they're, not, they're, they're still rolling with these Fourth Friday Fairs, and it's coming up today.
0: So they'll have tons of fun, free kids' activities, including a bounce house, a craft tent hope, hosted by Carbondale Community Arts, of course, the local food vendors, and the local vendors selling this, that, and the other thing. And yeah. so music, food, fun, and did we mention kids?
1: hmm sounds like a good time it's also pet friendly too so fresh fitness is coming up on saturday from 10 a.m to 11 a.m it was originally a limited time program but they've extended it through the fall Uh, this is a uh, they are offering classes taught by siuc fitness department instructors every saturday from 10 to 11 a.m at turley park in august and september experience is not required Please wear comfortable clothes and bring a water bottle, towel, or yoga mat. Cash donation is suggested. So, for more information, you can call 618 559 1939.
0: Continuing the conversation every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets on Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. for continuing the conversation in the Newman Center. The purpose? As the race unity group has evolved from discussion to act is to bring together an interracial community. We first listened respectfully to each other's life stories with weekly meetings. We saw strangers become like-minded comrades in arms, and we've built a community that has strengthened our understanding and compassion for each other.
1: Also coming up, we have game nights at 7 PM on Wednesday at Gaias. Fun opportunity to bring all your games Get together, we bring all the games that people have brought, and choose which ones we want to play, 7 p.m. at Guy House. And be sure to send us your happenings at info at yourcommunityspirit.org.
0: And if you would like to receive the newsletter of stuff we just talked about, let me know. I am actually sending it out now, because I sometimes remember to send it out ahead of time. But sometimes I'm too busy. Like, I was at a training at 7 to 9 this morning, so just barely made it here for Marion. So if you would like to receive our newsletter of the stuff we talk about, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, we'll send it to you. Otherwise, every once in a while, we have it updated and we have it on yourcommunityspirit.org, our podcast. If you missed the whole thing here, it is for two weeks on the website, right? WDBX.org. Thank you for a phenomenal week of eclipsing. We will see you again on the radio next week.